We continue our season review and turn our attention to the bullpen. Who was good? Who was bad? Who could they add this offseason? And we look at the career of former Cy Young winner and Cardinals Hall of Famer Bruce Suter, who passed away at the age of 69 on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinal fans. I'm J.D. Haffer, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I am your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter if you'd like, at J.D. Sports Radio. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm talking iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You can find us on YouTube. If you like the video stuff better, YouTube's the place to go. Like, subscribe, make sure you hit the notification button so you know when we go live or when we put up new videos. You can also comment, be a a part of the community that we have there on YouTube and interact with us. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline where the game starts first and foremost i want to start right here if you can see my uh shirt that i'm wearing today we you know brighten things up a little bit here we go i don't know if you can see that here let's take this off this on the youtube obviously i got the halloween shirt on today michael myers style uh went and saw that today I enjoyed the film. There are people who are not going to like this film, but it's one of the reasons why this is coming out so late today because I had to do work and then I had movie dates with the wife and stuff because she's going to New Orleans this weekend. And so we had to wait a little bit later to put this out. So apologies on the delay, but we are here. So let's get into it. The Cardinals bullpen is what I want to talk about today. Work in progress this year. You know, coming into the season, you had guys like Aaron Brooks and it's this Cabrera. Giovanni Gallegos, Ryan Helsley, Jordan Hicks, TJ McFarland, Andre Palante, Drew Verhagen, Cody Whitley, Nick Whitgren, Jake Woodford. Okay. Some of those names you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe those guys were on the roster at one point this season. It's true. Uh, Aaron Brooks, let's start there. He threw just nine and a third with the team. His ERA was 7.71. And then, uh, then they shipped him to Memphis. After a month, they were uh, not all that impressed with what was going on with one Aaron Brooks. Is this bright enough? Here we go. Let's brighten it up. There we go. Even better. All right. Sorry. YouTube adjustments with the lighting here. Uh, Cody Whitley, 12 and two thirds, ERA 5.68. But bye. You're going to Memphis. Drew Verhagen signed a two year, five and a half million dollar deal. He was three and one with a 6.65 ERA before he goes on the IL with a shoulder impingement in June, ending his season. That deal did not work out so well, and he's still got a year left. Uh, TJ McFarland, who was a, a key left-hander in the bullpen last year, had an awful season. ERA 6.61 before being designated for assignment in August, then got re-signed down to Memphis. Nick Whitgren, they signed to a one-year deal. That didn't work. Got released in July with a 5.90 ERA. Jake Woodford, he goes up and down this year at Memphis because they don't know what they want to do with him. They don't know if they want him to be a starter, a reliever. They're just kind of working him out everywhere to see where he fits in. And he 
he found a place in this bullpen, ended up uh, finishing 4-0 with the team, 2.23 ERA, and was really, really good in August, and then was pretty darn good in September and October. Rookie Andre Pallante, fantastic, solid as a starter and reliever. He goes 6-5, 3.17 ERA. I think he's going to get better and better. You also ended up using guys like Packy Naughton, Jojo Romero from the left side. Rookie Zach Thompson looked real good in limited action in the bullpen when he was up on the team. A lot of people were upset that he wasn't on the team longer this year. Steven Matz, after he got hurt, goes to the bullpen, looked pretty darn good. Now from the right side, you had some other funny names. Junior Fernandez, Ho Johan Oviedo, uh, Jake Walsh, James Nail, Chris Stratton. Damn glad to meet you. All filling in. Now, Stratton is arbitration eligible for next year, but uh, Junior got released. Oviedo traded to Pittsburgh. Walsh, Nail, they were in Memphis for most of the time. So the real story about the bullpen this year coming in was the big three, as they were called. You had Cabrera, Hicks, and Gallegos. Helsley was not a part of that. If you remember coming into the year, Helsley wasn't even in the top three for, for a good reason, too, because his previous season, ERA, 4.56. Also dealt with knee and shoulder injuries. You weren't totally sure what you had. You knew he threw hard. You knew he had some nasty stuff, but he was a bit wild in 2021. Seven wild pitches. He walked 27 hitters in 47 and a third. That's why they were like, eh, he's good, but we've got three other guys that we're, we're pretty darn happy with. Hennessy's Cabrera from the left side. Huge disappointment this season. Now, we all know he's got nasty stuff. He can be real nasty. But when he's off, he is way off. First half of the season, pretty darn good. Three and one, ERA 2.60, 31 Ks in 34 and a third innings. The wildness was there. 15 walks, three hit by pitch. He also gave up five dingers in the first half. But opponents hit just 191 against him. And the wildness, is frustrating as it can be, kind of cool. Because when he's facing left-handers, you want these guys uncomfortable in the box. Now, you don't want him walking people and hitting people all the time, but you want him to be kind of like, whoa, I don't know if I want to get in here on this guy. That was kind of like the, the Randy Johnson effect in previous years. Remember when Randy Johnson didn't have great control yet and guys were scared to get in the box against him. They, he threw hard and they, he could hurt somebody. Um, but that's can be a, that can be a good thing when it's used properly. Second half of the season, though, for Cabrera, completely different story. Like like Two-Face from the Batman comics different. Yeah, the good side of Cabrera in the first half. Second half, 10 appearances, only 10 innings, 13 runs, 15 hits. He walked five, hit a guy, gave up three home runs, and struck out one hitter. That's crazy. With the stuff Cabrera has to strike out one dude and give up all of that? Got sent down, never made it back up to uh, the big club, although they did discuss putting him on the postseason roster. Uh, Jordan Hicks got moved around from the pen. Then he was a starter. Then he went to the IL. Then he went to the pen. Then he went to the IL. Then he went back to the pen. It's just an inconsistent year. We're still trying to get Hicks healthy. There were moments this year where he looked dominant. And then there were parts where you're like, how does he lose it like this so fast? So still working on him. Gallegos is what he is. Solid reliever, initially the closer, blew six saves, settled into the setup role, but still had 14 saves. ERA 3.05, earned himself a two-year $11 million deal with the team. He'll be back next year. But how about Ryan Helsley? What about Ryan Helsley, man? Talk about the wild card in all of this. Boy, did he take off in 2022. Makes his first all-star appearance, finishes the year 9-1, and 19 saves, ERA 1.25, he wasn't walking people like he did the previous year. Didn't have these issues. Only 20 
in 64 and two thirds. He had 94 strikeouts, which gave him a strikeouts per nine of 13.1. The guy had an insane year. Ended up getting a, a kick-ass new intro video with Hell's Bells blasting. Coming out of the speakers at Bush Stadium, the lights go off. You get the red screen going on. Cool stuff. But sadly, what Ryan Helsley will be remembered for is that stupid finger injury that he suffered against the Pirates, which led to his implosion in game one against the Phillies in the postseason. People are going to remember that more than anything, sadly, because he was so good. So good. And hopefully he can continue to be that. He's uh, 27 years old, I think, Ryan Helsley off the top of my head. So he's got some good years coming our way. So hopefully he stays healthy and um, we can look forward to more dominant seasons for him. Uh, looking forward to next year. So here's what you got, at least in my eyes. You've got Zach Thompson, Genesis Cabrera, Packy Naughton, Jojo Romero as your left-handers. Those are the ones you'll have to choose from. Then you've got from the right side, Hicks. Gallegos, Palante, Helsley, Woodford, maybe even Hudson as your righties. And we don't know what the future of Alex Reyes is. Remember Alex Reyes? All-star last year. First half of the season, crazy stuff. He was he was almost unhittable. And then second half of the season just <laughs> gives up the walk-off home run against the Dodgers in the playoffs, and uh, we haven't seen him since. Uh, lost last year with a uh, frayed labrum in his throwing shoulder. So if you get him back and he's like all-star Reyes from the first half of 2021, bonus. But are we banking on that? I don't think that's smart. Not sure we can do that. There are a lot of big-name veterans um, who are set to become free agents this offseason. You'll recognize these names. Aroldis Chapman, Kenley Jansen, Craig Kimbrell, the Mets' Edwin Diaz. Also set to become a free agent. Going to make a ton of money. But again, will the Cardinals go down a path of high money vets like they did with Andrew Miller, which didn't work out all that well? He was fine, but they spent a lot of money on him. And he wasn't the dominant guy that he was in his heyday with, uh, you know, Cleveland or the Yankees. Far from it. Do they trust their young arms and look for bounce back, bounce back years from some other guys? It remains to be seen, but the bullpen, it wasn't bad this year. I know when when you blow a save and you give up a home run and you lose a game that stands out and it sits in your head and there's plenty of occasions where we're like, oh my gosh, they get another home run. But when you look at the stats at the end of the year, the bullpen had the 11th best ERA in Major League Baseball. They were 11th in walks, so they weren't walking a ton of people. 11th in home runs and eight in earned runs. So it wasn't as bad as we all remember. There was a lot of good in that bullpen this year. And if you can add a couple bona fide arms, then cool. But there's a lot of talent in this pen already. So personally, I think the Cardinals stand pat. Uh, maybe one veteran arm they try to go out and get, but I don't see them trying to sign any of these big names. I think they they trust their system. They like what they've got down in the minor leagues, uh, young arms. And I feel like they feel they can just fill slots with other young guys like they did this year. So I wouldn't expect a big splash in free agency when it comes to uh, the relief pitchers. They're just really expensive, and I, I just I don't think they're worth it. I mean, Edwin Diaz, they, they, the Mets aren't going to let him go. <laughs> okay, they can pay whatever they want to him, and they're going to keep him. So uh, the other guys, like, do you want a thirty-seven-year-old or oldest Chapman on this team? I mean, he wasn't very good with the Yankees. They weren't going to even keep him on the roster for the postseason. Told them that. And so he like skipped out on practice and they're like, all right, you're done. You don't want that on this team. 
Uh, speaking of talent, one of the best to ever come out of the bullpen for the Cardinals and in Major League history, sadly, passed away on Thursday. We're going to talk about the career of Bruce Suter next. But first, I would like to talk to you about Bet Online, one of my favorite sites to go to, and it should be your number one source for football betting info this season. BetOnline.net. You can find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information. It's where I go with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport that's out there. It's the fastest. It's the easiest way, which is very good for me because I'm not the brightest dude in the world when it comes to figuring out the betting stuff, and they make it easy at BetOnline.net. So uh, it's an easy way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, Boxing, and Golf. Football, obviously, will be king when it comes to betting. Got a lot of action going on this weekend. Highlighted, boys, this is going to be a good game. Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday afternoon. And if it's anything like the matchup in the playoffs last year, might want to take the over in this one, okay? I'm not going to say you should do it. Don't blame me if it doesn't happen. But the under over is set at 54 in the game last year in the postseason, 42 to 36. They scored 78 points last year when the Chiefs won it in overtime. So that's one game. Perhaps the battle for the NFC East is more your fancy with the undefeated Eagles at home against the Dallas Cowboys. Eagles favored by six in that one. Do you still trust Cooper Rush? Uh, the Eagles look pretty darn good. Jalen Hurts doing his thing. Choose the games or the teams you love the most and uh, make a little money this weekend. Give it a try. Head to betonline.net or you can use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Some sad news to report today. National Baseball Hall of Famer, Cardinals Hall of Famer, and former Cy Young Award winner Bruce Souter passed away on Thursday at the age of 69. Uh, known for his wicked split-finger fastball, Souter was recently diagnosed with cancer and passed away in hospice care near his home in Cartersville, Georgia, surrounded by his family. Uh, there was a statement made by the family members, I, I believe one of his sons. Yes, Chad Souter made this statement. All our father ever wanted to be remembered as was being a great teammate, but he was so much more than that. He was also a great husband to our mother for 50 years. He was a great father and grandfather, and he was a great friend. His love and passion for the game of baseball can only be surpassed by his love and passion for his family. A little background on Bruce. Um, born in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, 1953, drafted by the Washington Senators in the 21st round in 1970, but he was too young to sign. He was only 17 years old, so he had a brief college stint at Old Dominion, returned home, and was pitching for the semi-pro Hippies Raiders in the Lebanon Valley League when a Cub scout spotted him. Suter ended up pitching twice for the Cubs team in the rookie Gulf Coast League in 1972 before he hurt his right elbow trying to learn a slider. Now, this was very important because it, it kind of had to, he had to do some things here that you can't even imagine is what it would happen to a relief pitcher these days. Afraid the Cubs would cut him if they knew he was injured, Bruce Souter scheduled his own surgery and used his bonus money to pay for the operation. Paid for his own arm surgery so that he could stay with the Cubs. He then learned the split finger fastball from Cubs minor league pitching instructor Fred Martin, and it became his signature pitch. The right-hander played 12 seasons in the major leagues with the Cubs, the Cardinals, and the Braves. He was a six-time All-Star and ended up with 300 saves and a 2.83 ERA over his career. He was also the first pitcher inducted into the National Baseball Hall of Fame without having started a game. Never did it. Uh, Suter played in an era 
that was totally different, where closers routinely got more than three outs. It wasn't like that back in the day. Like nowadays, you're like, three outs, get him out of here. Doesn't happen. I'm like, look how much crap Ollie just got for trying to get a five-out save for Ryan Helsley in the postseason. That was normal stuff back in the days. He threw more than one inning for 188 of his 300 saves and five times pitched more than 100 innings in a season. Perhaps his greatest season wasn't even with the Cardinals, though. The rival Chicago Cubs had him in 1979 when Bruce won the Cy Young Award while saving 37 games, which tied the record at the time with Clay Carroll and Raleigh Fingers. Also sported an ERA of 2.22, struck out 110 hitters, this year also marked the first of five seasons, four consecutive, in which he led the league in saves. In December of 1980, the Cardinals made the genius move, and they traded with the Cubs. They got Bruce Suter for Leon Durham and Kenny Reitz. His first season with the team in 1981, Suter made his fifth consecutive All-Star team, recorded 25 saves with an ERA of 2.62, and finished fifth in the Cy Young voting. 1982, we remember this one, right? Big year for the team. He racks up 37 regular season saves for the World Series champion, St. Louis Cardinals, in 1982. Most people remember that final strikeout of uh, Gorman Thomas in Game 7 as their lasting memory of Suter with the team with the fist pump, jumping into Daryl Porter's arms. Fantastic stuff. I'm going to link, by the way, that video of the uh, last strike and the last out of Game 7. I'll link that in the uh, in the section below, okay, in the description. Um, after that though, he was still quite good. Had an off year in 1983, but comes back huge ties. The uh, major league baseball record for saves in a season with 45 in 1984 had an ERA of 1.54 finished third in the Cy Young voting behind the Cubs, Rick Sutcliffe, who went 16 and one that year and won the award. And, uh, the Mets, Dwight Gooden, who was, uh, finished in second place following that season, he ended up signing a big free agent deal with the Braves where he ended up dealing with multiple arm issues, closed out his 300th save on September 9th of 1988 before he retired. Suter was elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame in 2006. By the way, he is wearing a Cardinals cap on his plaque at Cooperstown. At his jersey, retired by the Cardinals in 2006, even though it had already been retired previously because of Jackie Robinson in 1997, and then was elected to the Cardinals Hall of Fame in 2010. He was most recently at Bush Stadium on April 7th for the team's annual opening day festivities, rocking the beard, which was uh, such a big deal. Everybody loved the beard. In fact, uh, when he got into the Hall of Fame, I, I remember it was Ozzy and uh, Johnny Bench who had fake beards on <laughs> in, a, in a photo thing when Suter got elected that year. So everybody had a good time with him. And uh, you could tell everybody enjoyed Bruce Suter as a teammate. However, he was unable to attend the Cardinals 40-year anniversary celebration of the 82 championship team on August 13th because of the lingering illness he was dealing with. The Suter family read a statement that said, being a St. Louis Cardinal was an honor he cherished deeply to the Cardinals, his teammates, and most importantly, to the greatest fans in all of sports. We thank you for all of the love and support over the years. Also, kind of a cool side note that I found uh, brought up by MLB.com's John Denton and his article that he put out. This is what uh, Denton wrote. Long before Bobby Bonilla famously deferred much of his contract with the Mets to make additional millions in salary, Suter pulled off a financial move for the ages, agreeing to receive $750,000 a year in salary with the Braves and defer the remainder of his money, with the Braves paying him $1.12 million over a 30-year period. The final installment of $9.1 million reportedly was paid to him in 2021. Not too shabby. Not too shabby at all.
He was certainly one of the best to ever do it. He's in the Hall of Fame. Bruce Souter, gone at the age of 69. Now, I do have a much happier moment to discuss next for our On This Date in Cardinal Playoff History. So we'll do that next here on Locked on Cardinals. 1985. We're going to go back to 1985 because obviously that was a big year for the Cardinals in the playoffs. And you guys remember the phrase, go crazy, folks, go crazy. Well, that became synonymous with today's on the state and Cardinal playoff history moment. And once again, it's poor Tom Needham, viewer of the Dodgers who gets stung by the Redbirds, Ozzie Smith. It's a memorable home run in game five of the NLCS, which was his first left-handed home run of his career. 3,090 bats before he finally hit one left-handed. Hall of Fame broadcaster Jack Buck was on the call, and I, I still have it memorized, okay? I, and I don't even have to look it up. And I remember how it goes, because, uh, and I'll tell you why here in just a second. But I remember it was Smith corks one into right down the line. It may go. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. It's a home run, and the Cardinals have won the game by the score of 3-2 to two on a home run by the Wizard. Go crazy. Amazing. Amazing. One of the greatest moments in Cardinal history. Now, here's why I know that and have memorized it over the years, because I used to watch the Ozzy the movie videotape. You guys remember this? I used to watch it over and over and over again. I used to always try to mimic Ozzy Smith. I used to throw a racquetball off the wall in our kitchen and just make diving plays and stuff. It was it was a lot of fun for me. And um that was just one of the many outstanding highlights in his career. And I just recently found the movie. Like my brother was asking me like a couple of months ago. He's like, dude, I can't find this movie anywhere. Like my, our parents still have it at home on videotape, but who's got a VCR? Who's watching that anymore? Well, I found it on YouTube. So if you haven't watched it ever, or maybe you did when you were young and you want to reminisce, I've got it. I'm going to put it in the description down below along with the walk-off home run. How about that? So you got Bruce Suter, some Aussie stuff in the description below today. So hopefully that puts a, a smile on your face, even though the Cardinals aren't in the playoffs right now, but some good memories of Bruce Suter and uh, some good memories of the Cardinals in the playoffs. Once again, I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen today. Now make your second listen to Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. What happened in the playoffs today? Sully's got you covered. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked on MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. As always, be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Hit that notification button. Follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. You are the best fans in baseball for a reason, and I will see you next time right here on Locked on Cardinals.